It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals in select markets around the country for as little as 10% down with cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Tony Castronovo. He is founder and managing partner of Novo Multifamily Group and is currently invested in approximately 800 units, including a combination of general partner, limited partner, co-GP, and independent ownership. Tony is also a seasoned business management consultant utilizing 25 years of experience advising clients on project portfolio investment management. Tony, it is great to see you, sir. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. You know, I've been excited to have you on the show, you know, talk about multifamily. We talked a little bit before the uh, the show about some of the markets you're in, which I'm familiar with. Uh, Love to hear that. But to start this thing off, man, we briefly touched on who you are. I know there's a lot more to it. So let's kick off with that. Tell us more about your background, your story, and the path you took to get to where you are today in your real estate investing career. You bet. Well, I'll start with this. I'm officially full-time in real estate as a, as a real estate entrepreneur, focused on multifamily. Uh, that was a decision that I made last fall. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a really fun journey over the last seven months getting to this point. But I'll kind of rewind the tape a little bit more how I got to that point. So I really got started in real estate about eight years ago. Uh, I started like probably a lot of folks, you know, getting pumped up watching these uh, DIY and HGTV shows and, hey, I can go flip a house. And, you know, so you're out there chasing that single family house that looks like a dud and you turn it into a gem, right? So it it took us a little while to find that that diamond in the rough. But um, after about four months, we found our first rental property. Uh, and that was really our our strategy. We didn't want to flip. I mean, we did a little bit of it, but really it was about passive income and holding properties. And uh, although passive is kind of not really <laughs> <laughs> any businesses anymore, but but uh, we 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 built that that buy and hold business um, for about four years. Built a small portfolio of single family homes, and then in about 2018, decided to make a pivot. And so we packaged those up, sold them off to a single investor, and then took that and we 1031 exchanged it into our first multifamily. Uh, that's what we call an IRO, independent real estate owned type of property, where I just opened my checkbook, wrote the biggest check I could, and got into multifamily. Just sort of ripped the band-aid off. And we we kept on going and you know, four years later, ended up getting to close to 800 units at this point. 
that's, that's, it's quite a, it's an impressive resume you got there. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's great to bring up the fact that, you know, you just moved into full-time real estate, uh, as basically what you do. So congratulations on that, man. I think that that's fantastic. So well done. That is, that is awesome. Um, you know, but then scaling so quickly. So you went from single family, you went into multifamily and then you said you went at 800 units. I'm assuming you're syndicating those properties. Is that correct? The first one was, was IRO. So it was 20 units. And, you know, everything is is this uh, concept of proximity is power. You know, you start associating yourself with people who are thinking bigger than you are. And all of a sudden you start thinking bigger and you, you just keep leveling up there. And I, th- I think that that's important for your growth. When I got that 20 units, I was coming off a single family portfolio of eight homes. And at the time I was like, okay, I got eight homes. This is great. You know, I'm going to get to 10. I'm going to get a portfolio loan. I'm going to, you know, hit the reset button on my, my Fannie Freddie loans and, you know, start all over again and keep on going. And when I went to 20, I felt like it was a quantum shift, you know, a leap. And, and honestly, it was a great place to start, but I, I just needed to really stretch myself. I knew I could go bigger and it was, it was an, Really a great place to learn the ropes of multifamily. But once I learned about syndication, man, that just allowed me to explode. And, you know, I, I had to try a few different things. You know, I started with a 60 unit after the 20 and we syndicated that. And, you know, I didn't know things about like investor portals and, you know, <laughs> I had a balance sheet partner, but that was it. I didn't really have other partners. It was me raising all the capital and, you know, but I, I started to align myself with partners and people who could support me along the way and got into some some deals where I could co-GP and and you know kind of sharpen my skills as a capital raiser and what I bring to the table and boom, you know, you get to the eight hundred units pretty quick. Yeah, you know, and I think that's awesome. I, I want to dive into some of that a little bit. You know, uh, I do want to talk about your roles and kind of wearing the all hats type of situation because I think that's a that's definitely an interesting, uh, you know, perspective. But uh, before that, how, you know, I'm always curious. So everybody kind of finds out about syndication in a different way. You know, maybe they, you know, very rarely do I hear somebody sudden like started out in syndication, right? They kind of work their way up to it uh, and then they maybe stumble into it. But so I'm curious, how, how did you first get involved in syndication? How did you first find out about it? You know, I was trying to actually think about this the other day of how I met a particular person that that had a, a local meetup. And so I'm from Houston and, and this other person was in the Houston area. He was part of a, a mentoring community that happened to focus on syndication. And somehow I, I got his name and number and decided to, to drive out to his meetup. And that was his focus. And he was sharing some of the deals that he had recently done and I think he was a couple of years into his journey. And I remember he he actually put up on, on the screen his underwriting for a deal. And I started taking pictures of it. And although I probably could have asked him to give me his underwriting, <laughs> I just didn't feel right about that. Sure. So I told him if he was okay with it, that I would actually take what he shared, build my own model figured out, run the data through it, just like he did, make sure it all checked out. And it just gave me this inspiration that, hey, I can peel back a a multifamily deal and a syndication and really understand all the components that goes into it, what to be looking for, how to stress test it, all these things. And it just gave me tremendous confidence 
to then start putting together my own deal and and running properties through my new model and seeing you know where where I could find something to actually take down. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I love to hear that. So I kind of want to you know take that and run with what you said earlier was you know you jumped into this this first deal, the syndication, and you're kind of basically doing a lot of it yourself, right? Kind of wearing wearing all the hats. Can you talk about that a little bit more, and maybe kind of the areas that you that you excelled in, and then maybe some areas that you kind of struggled with uh, during that first syndication? So the first one, I knew that I needed an attorney. So first and foremost, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. do a syndication, get yourself a syndication attorney. So I had gone to a few conferences where I, I met some some attorneys, got some referrals from other guys, and you know chose somebody who, who I really felt was the best attorney for me. And you know, having done four other syndications, uh, I I'm definitely using him on everyone going forward because he he explained things in layman terms and really helped me understand not just oh, you know, follow this cookbook and you'll be okay. But to really understand, you know, what the SEC requires and, and, you know, their guidelines and how to leverage some of those guidelines to really help grow a syndication business. So so that was kind of first and foremost, is just getting that that education and, and support from the legal side. And then realize that if I'm going to go out there and, and try to raise money from other people, I've got to have some credibility. So I had credibility as an operator and I've proven myself to that point that I can take a property and and make it something better than what it was. But from a syndication standpoint, I was concerned that going out there and and kicking off a webinar and and trying to get people excited about putting money into a syndication, I need some backing for that. So I brought on a, a KP, a key principal or balance sheet partner, which served two purposes. One was to get the loan approved because he brought the net worth and the liquidity that I didn't have at that point, but also just to have another face behind the, the property, the syndication to say, look, it's a we, it's not a me. And we have all these years of experience and all these doors behind us and and he was a mentor, a coach for me as well throughout the entire process. So I think, you know, I think it all goes back to you've got to align yourself with people that are going to be on your team one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, especially when you get into syndication, uh, it's really a team sport, right? Like we've talked about and being able to team up with people who have done this before. And I got to tell you, that really applies to most anything really, right? And so I think that's absolutely huge, especially in the syndication space. Um, You know, you mentioned uh, raising capital. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, diving into that just a little bit more, just the raising capital investor relations type stuff. You know, a lot of people who are looking to basically get into that part of the business of syndications, it's really slow going at first, really, you know, building that investor list, you know, scaling the ability to actually raise capital reliably, right? Um, so, you know, I'm kind of just want to go off your experience here. Can you talk a little bit about uh, raising capital Um precisely that. I know you had a KP come on, but then also what have you, what in your experience since you've, you know, scaled up to 800 units, have you found to be the best way to really connect with investors, new investors? Yeah. If, if I was, you know, starting out or, you know, kind of knowing what I know now, I think it it goes back to relationships and you don't have to start raising capital. And I, I, I kind of say that with air quotes around it. I, I think you, you don't start when you have a deal. 
you start years before that. You start building credibility. You start building trust. You start, you know, grooming relationships with people and not in a, in a way where you're looking to get something out of that relationship, but you're looking to give something into that relationship, right? How can you help somebody? How can you bring an opportunity to somebody that's going to help either maybe get them into a new investment that they hadn't really thought of before, a new a new market or whatever it is that you're offering when you're ready to offer it, how can you bring that to somebody? And, and so many times I see new syndicators, they, they want to throw this net out there. They think that, you know, the bigger the database, the wider the net, I'm going to haul it back in. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going to bring this net on top of the, the deck of the ship and it's just going to have fish everywhere, right? <laughs> that, that can work for some people at some point in your career. But man, I'm telling you, if you can take a fishing pole and one at a time be building deeper relationships with people, you start getting away from the, you know, 40, 50, $60,000, you know, investments one at a time when you're ready to cast that big net into just long-term relationships and, and deeper pockets and deeper trust. You know, I've, I've kind of been lately looking at you know, what's sort of the, the I guess, lifetime value, if you will, of investors who've been working with me. And, you know, I, now I'm struggling with what's more valuable to me, somebody who invested once and dropped a big check or somebody who's invested in every deal of mine, no matter what the size. You know, I, I'm not sure yet, but I, I kind of feel like repetitive says, I keep trusting you, Tony, you know, and that's important to me. That's a, a lifelong investor, client of mine. So you can start super early. Just start telling everybody what you're doing. Talk about your successes, not in an arrogant way, but just, you know, in a way that that you're wanting to be your own cheerleader and share what you do so that people start paying more attention and you're going to get some of that credibility. And all of a sudden, people are going to be coming to you looking for opportunity. Yeah, I think that's massive. You're 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 absolutely right. And uh, the one thing I want to uh, add on to that is, you know, a lot of people I know start in that space to start with friends and family, right? Because that's who they know, right? Let me go to friends and family. We'll present this to them, and then you know maybe I can get some um, some investors that way, right? But eventually, you only have so many friends and so many family members, right? So you kind of you kind of get tapped out there. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, start early, right? Start building your reputation, your brand, whatever you want to call it, and then get some credibility. And then it really, you start attracting stuff. You're not out there. You're not out there really fishing, you know, really, you're just kind of waiting for them to come to you when you have an opportunity. So I think that's, that's massive. Uh, Another key component that I kind of realized recently was, you know, you know, finding investors is obviously a huge part of being a capital raiser, you know, having investors who want to invest with you. And I think to your point, what you just said, um, you know, having that repeat investor is so critical, right? I don't, I don't know who said the, this term and, I might butcher this, but they said the second money is easier than first money, right? And that's just saying, hey, you know, you have you have this referral, you've built the trust, you have this bond, this connection, and so really, if somebody trusts you and there's a, you know this mutual back and forth uh, trust, who knows? I mean, this like you said, lifelong partnership here, really. And so you know, 
but so that's very important finding capital uh, with investors. Another area that I found to be super important is uh, the investor experience, really providing you know your current investors, like you said, the referrals, all that stuff uh, with an easy headache-free investment process, really. Um, maybe even like a white glove service, service if you want to go that far, really. But uh, has this been an area of focus for you and your business? You know, you're talking about building relationships. And if so, how are you doing it? Are you putting in systems, tactics, strategies, anything like that? So systems, processes, you know, all of that is is part of my goals for this year as I'm, you know, kind of going into this full time and really trying to, to grow and establish something. And I will admit that sometimes you you kind of catch your breath after a deal and you think you're going to kind of get back to some of this and really focus on your business and the next deal comes up <laughs> and, you know, and that's a good problem. But, but it also means that, you know, sometimes you don't go as fast as you want in, in really growing your, your systems. But I'll tell you, just technology-wise, I mean, I've, I've started to leverage some, some tools and portals. And, you know, back in the day, uh, my first syndication was, I want to say, three and a half, four years ago. And I didn't use a portal. I don't even remember how the heck I thought I'd pull it off without one. You know, it was all Dropbox and secure yeah. emails and password protecting things. And oh my <laughs> gosh, the work that was involved in scanning documents and, you know, and so over over the years, as I've been either co-sponsoring or maybe even, you know, I've been an LP as well, you know, seeing different technologies and tools, you know, I, I got to really decide where I want to go, which one I wanted to leverage and how I wanted to leverage it. And that has actually been a great experience for my investors. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from them that it's just professional, it's smooth, you know, all of our communications get distributed that way. And all their returns are, are there, their documents, everything is, is on the portal. So it's a great way to onboard people, but also to run your syndication. And other things that, that I'm trying to leverage is, you know, connecting different systems, if you will, like my website to my CRM. You know, I, I built a website and it was just kind of a, you know, brochure, if you will, of who are we. And I didn't really have a great way for people to then come to us and subscribe to, to get on our, our investor database. You know, so that was just a little thing that, you know, started thinking about how do we connect systems. And so we're working on that. but. All of that is for not, if I don't focus on the relationships and continuing to build trust. And um, I know we chatted a little bit earlier um, before we started airing, you know, we, we formed a local meetup because we felt that we wanted to, to have another pathway, another avenue for people to connect with us and, and to bring something back to give value to our, our local community here which I don't know about y'all, Zoom is great, but, you know, come on, we, we've been doing this now for a couple of years. And I, I love the reach of these, these virtual meetups, but there's nothing better than getting us look somebody in the eye, shake their hand, have a drink, and just enjoy somebody's company while you're learning about real estate. So we're bringing back the local meetup and, and really trying to make it exclusive and and focus on people who are really looking to learn and grow in this business. So, you know, we can, we can talk about it, you know, as we go through the outro, but, um, you know, if folks are in the Houston area, you know, we can certainly pass on an invitation to, to join that. 
Yeah, and we absolutely will touch on your uh, your your uh, meetup there. But uh, you know, I, I just want to bring it up too. You know, before COVID, man, I got to tell you, I was like, I kind of felt like the conference king because I was hitting as many as I could. You know, just face to face, shaking hands. I loved it. And then it all you know came into a halt and went to the Zoom stuff. And uh, actually, right then is actually when we kind of started this podcast. And so Zoom was brand new to me, and I had no idea what I was doing. You know, and so being able to go through that now, we've been it's been a couple of years now, but now you know, in-person events are coming back. And I got to tell you, man, I, uh, I absolutely love it. So I'm on the same page as you for sure. Um, I want to talk about something capital raising, go back to it for just a second. So I know when I first started uh, in real estate investing, single family, much like yourself, um, I had no interest in raising capital. In fact, I didn't even know that was a thing. I had, I had no idea. Right. Um, and then when I started to hear people talk about raising capital, I still didn't understand it. So I really didn't have any desire to really get into that. You know, I was going to be a single family investor or a small multifamily investor, uh, for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, but I know there's some listeners out there that might be thinking, you know, kind of the same thing, but they really want to, you know, they're intrigued by this idea of capital raising. So, uh, you know, for the real estate investors who are out there kind of, you know, pondering this, why should someone even consider raising capital? I think there's a big question that some people have in their mind right now. So if you could touch on that, that I think it'd be fantastic. There's a lot of reasons. It's not personally, it's not just about trying to raise funds to get a deal done. I mean, ultimately that is the, the absolute value of it, but for me, I got to say, it, it's fun. I love it because I get to share something with, uh, you know, a broad group of people and especially people that are in my my spheres, um, which, by the way, I'll say, you know, when you're first starting out and you think you don't know people, you think, OK, I have family, I have some friends and you kind of draw the circle and maybe that's a, a smaller group of people. Keep drawing circles because you don't even realize how many people you really know and how many people you have impacted just by, you know, the things that you're doing. And for me, like when I started doing that, I, I said, okay, I'm gonna draw a circle around my job, the people I work with. These people I've known for years, they, they know and trust me and they like me. And then I drew another circle around my, my running community. And I, I belong to a community of 400 people in this running community that I've known for many years. And they know it, like, and trust me. And sometimes there's intersection of those circles. And that's even better, right? Because now they have multiple ways to know you and trust you. And, and so, you know, keep drawing those circles because before you know it, you draw lots of circles and they're getting bigger. And that's really where you want to spend your time. But I just, I, I love, I love being able to present deals to people, opportunities to people, uh, and bring them something that ultimately is, is going to help them financially. Um, I've had people say, you know, look, I'm, I'm way behind on saving money for college for my kid. You know, if I just keep it in my IRA or, you know, my, my investment account, it's going to grow this fast, but, you know, help me get faster help me grow it more and these are opportunities that you know just gets me excited every day i love to hear that man that is uh, uh, seriously you don't hear that response a lot uh, when you know yet somebody asks gets asked that question so i love to hear that response man uh you know getting fired up about just the process and helping people in general i think that's fantastic um tony you know it's been a great conversation uh, before we get out of here tell us more about uh novo multifamily group your company and then also uh the meetup that you mentioned earlier and anything else you have going on man 
Yeah. Well, anything else I have going on, we got to have a whole other show. But I'll <laughs> Novo Multifamily Group, you can reach us at novomultifamilygroup.com. Uh, you can also go there to, to join our investor database or just connect with me in general. I'd love to set up time with anybody who's looking to to grow their business, to get into this space, or just, you know, kind of chat about anything multifamily real estate. Uh, they can also email me at Tony, T-O-N-Y, at novomultifamilygroup.com. Awesome. Tony, that's fantastic. We're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes so our listeners can reach out and uh, get a hold of you if they, you know, want to get into your stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's been a great conversation, Tony. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today, man. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.